To make this week's special guest feel at home, we're going to open our show, The Kings of the North Way. episode 129 of Wolf's Cast, the show that will entertain you until it falls apart in the final minute. It's hosted by me, Scott, and my very special guest host for today. Everybody, please welcome Jared. Hey, thanks for having me on, Scott. It's good ah, to be here. It's great to have you on. Uh, haven't seen you much lately. You've been a very busy man. You've been over on Kings of the North, which we call our sister podcast. That's right. Uh, everyone who's listened will know that Robert, with an H, he... Uh, he is the host on that show as well, so we've definitely shouted out Kings of the North in the past. We've played some of your segments here before. We wow. did uh, one that's where you uh, fill your mouth full of marshmallows and try to say something. Oh, sure, sure. That's a great, that's a good segment. Yeah, so we've, we've stolen some of your bits before when Robert's been on the podcast. Well, you know, like, I think the concept for our show was kind of stolen from you, so it's like you're stealing from yourself. It's just you know? synergy. It's just a circle. It's, it's you a know? cycle. So, uh, excited to have you on. It's Like I said, it's been a while. You're coaching basketball. That's right. Uh, what level is it? Uh, freshman basketball. Freshman basketball. Yeah. And so, that's been keeping you pretty busy. And you're going to be a married man. You're engaged. Yes. You're a recent homeowner. So, you've just got all kinds of th- things to keep uh, you let's busy. Let's not forget about the cat I adopted. And adopted a cat. So, I've, I feel like I haven't seen you in like months. And I basically just needed you to get... I had to bring you on the show just so I can get some FaceTime with you, Jared. That's what you got to do, man. If I'm not... A, and I'm a microphone in front of me all bets are off that's right so i'm glad i have you in the studio today uh jared and i go way back in terms of watching basketball as well uh we lived together for a while in northeast mm-hmm. minneapolis yes. uh from like 2011 to 2013 time and we just watched so much basketball there that's yeah. the one thing i miss the most is how like, much nba it was just like the nba was always on every night those were like the, the, the kevin love andre karolinko days oh, yeah. chase buttinger it was an yeah. exciting time to what, be a wolves what a, fan what an era of wolves basketball that was yeah so Ricky Rubio. Uh, so we've watched a ton of hoops together. We've been playing pickup hoops every week for yeah. many years. Uh, I'm part of that illustrious hoops group you reference all the time. That's the right. Yeah. And Jared's one of our better players. Uh, you're what, 6'5"? 6'6". 6'6". Yeah, we yeah. got a bunch of tall boys on Wolves cast. I'm the shortest at 6'2". Yeah, uh, yeah. Neil is 6'4". You're 6'6". Six, six. Yep. And uh, baby, Scott. I'm not a Jeff Teague, everyone, <laughs> at, at pickup hoops. I notice when we play, you don't get the fed the ball enough in the post. Hey, you know what? I agree with that. You, you've got some post moves. You played in high school. And it's, it's clear you know some post moves and you're taller than everyone most of the time there's only like one or two guys who can really guard you in the post and they rarely come so it's just always frustrating to watch you run up and down the court unless you're on the opposite team sure where people are just gunning and taking bad you know <laughs> pull up jumpers and yeah, stuff and you're just you're sitting in it. the paint and you with your man sealed off no one yeah. paying attention to you so for me it's really easy whenever on the same team i rarely get the ball in my hands but when i do it's just a straight post entry yeah. pass to Jerry. a lot of times i'm like kevin love on the cleveland cavaliers yeah uh, he and i are kind of spirit animals that way yeah absolutely so um excited to have you on everybody uh kings of the north just finished up their third season so you can listen to their most recent episode they kind of do a review of the season which i always find is fun uh that's right they have a super bowl party coming up this weekend at moose on monroe a very fun bar the greatest bar in minneapolis maybe the world i love that bar they they have really tall beers really cheap prices like it's one of those places where i'll be Mm -hmm. drinking for a few hours and then the receipt will come out i'll be like this is stupid Uh, like their super bowl game day specials three dollar taps uh three dollar wells eight dollars for two pounds of wings oh my god yeah so be there folks so be there everybody yeah. also good karaoke there yeah kotn nation will be there so uh yeah. that's also wolves cast nation it's the same thing that's right same nation we're all just a family here indivisible all right well unfortunately we do have to talk about the wolves a little bit i, Let's when get I texted it. you to be on the show i said i don't want to talk about the wolves this week can you please come on the podcast <laughs> i'll do my best to change the subject i think this is the third week in a row when we've recorded and our wins have been stuck on 15 mm, the team record right now is 15 you. and 32 every week i update the loss number but i don't touch the win number in the dock <laughs> because it hasn't changed so fifth worst record in the nba our offensive rating is 107.1 that's 22nd out of 30 teams not good 
Defensive rating, more pedestrians, 110.6, which is uh, 16th out of 30. That, that feels like a small win. Yeah, and I think it's, we're coasting off those those uh, Gorgi Roko games when Cat was out. Oh, you know, sure, really sure. brought up our defensive rating. Yikes. Overall, we got a 24th out of 30 net rating. Our losing streak has hit 10 games, which I'm sure you're aware of. Thanks for listening, despite all this losing. You know, I definitely had some moments this past week where I was like, do I have to watch the Wolves game tonight? Like, I know we're going to lose to Houston. Do I have to watch it? But uh, I prevailed. I per- persevered, everybody. They are now a league-worst 5-24 and 24 in games since November 27th. Yes, that's right. Since the end of November, we have the worst record in the NBA. We had two wins in December and three wins in January. Oof. Been a, it's been a tough two months uh, for Wolves fans. So we're not going to belabor it too much. We'll hit the games real quick, but they're all losses, so we don't want to talk about it too much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on Friday, we lost to Houston at home, 124-131. to James Harden had one of his worst games of the season, season-low 11 points. But unfortunately, <laughs> they have two stars on yeah. the team. And Russell Westbrook had his best game of the season, 45 points, 6 rebounds, 11 assists. Unbelievable. The, Russ kills us, you know. Yeah. I've, I've enjoyed Russell playing, you know, hard at the Target Center for many years. Uh, he's always been a guy who you know you're going to get a good show out of. Yeah, he's the reason to go to the games, right? Yeah. yeah, and, you know, he's kind of frustrating. He's had a very down season, and, you know, over the last few years, as his yeah. jumper has completely fallen off a cliff. Yeah. He had to be licking his chops, and he's like, ooh, I'm going to Minnesota. Right. This exactly. will get me right. It seems like there's a few players who they – Minnesota's been bad for so long. Some players just are like, no, we're not going to lose in Minnesota because they're a joke. Yeah, You know, yeah. like even our person – change even we have better teams it's like you know some teams just come in here like we're going to take care of business because this is the timberwolves you know and russell's one of those we have a team like that in our uh conference in the the high school team i coached and we played them last friday actually the day the day that um uh, the Wolves played the Rockets, uh, and, oh. and we definitely did a number on them, too. Did you, like, use it to try out new things or give some bench players some well, run that you normally well, wouldn't? So, actually, my best player wasn't there that day, and then my, like, best sub was uh, also six, so I was down, like, two really good players, and then they ran 2-3 zone against us oh all game, God. which we don't practice much against that. So it was Neither like, do the Timberwolves. Yeah, right. It was like a practice game. It was like, we got to, like, practice like, against the zone, which is nice. Yeah, um, that so, is good. You know, work out those kinks. You gotta teach them, because the Timberwolves have been flummoxed by the zone throughout the season. They continued this week. I mean, when you can't shoot. Yeah, exactly. It's a real problem. Um, Great Okogi game, though. He had 17 points on 6 of 9 shooting. He had 6 boards, 4 assists, 3 steals, and started the game so he could defend Harden, who had a terrible game. So, you you know, J.O. has been very streaky this season. Uh, Hot Okogi, as we call him now, after last week's podcast with the (laughs) Real Wives of Wolf's cast. If you haven't listened last week's, it's a good one. It was... The show was hosted by my wife, Meg, and Neil's wife, Becky, and it was uh, unlike any other Wolves guys. They've got, I'd say they have pretty great taste in men, um, spouses withstanding, obviously. Yeah. Um, and yeah, some good takes for sure. Yeah, it was, uh, the, very the response was huge, which made me feel insecure about my normal hosting, because everyone was like, <laughs> oh man, they should be the host all the time. I'm like, hey, why? <laughs> so anyways, the next day we played again at home against OKC, second end of a back-to-back. We lost 104 to 113. Uh, notable moments, it's it's Shabazz's first career triple-double. Uh, Napier had 10, 13, and 10. 10 points, 13 assists. No, it was 10 points, I forget. I think the 13 was assists, 10 was rebounds, I believe. Um, I think I have that wrong, but what does it matter? He said the triple double doesn't matter. He was just like, I just, I, I hate losing. He was really emotional sure. in the locker room afterwards. Um, but it's the second triple double of the season for the Wolves, which hasn't happened since all the way back in 2013, 2014. Wow. Is so, that 2K love season, uh, tri- triple doubles? Yep, that's right. That's the that last love sense. season, as we call it on the podcast. When you see, whenever you see Shabazz, uh, the, na- the name Shabazz, I always think of Muhammad first. I don't know, that's always going to be my sh- first Shabazz, you know? Yeah, uh, we, we've we struggled all season on the podcast because we keep calling him Shab- Shabazz. Yeah, Shabazz. Yeah, Shabazz, yeah. But, I'm having a hard time with that, too. Which I think is the normal way to say it, or the more common way of saying it, but I've just, uh, it's a hard habit to break. Right, right. Thinking about Shabazz. All right. Always. Well, then we had the the what of the most notable games of the season. What a game on Monday night at home against the Sacramento Kings, who mm. came in with a big losing streak of their own. I believe right. uh, two really bad teams here. So we thought, man, looking at the schedule coming up, we're like, we need this to break the losing streak. <laughs> and it was an amazing Wolves performance for three quarters. We were just blowing them out of the gym. We were up by twenty seven, twenty eight points in the third quarter. Andrew Wiggins hit his first six three-pointers. He just couldn't miss. Mm-hmm. He set a career high. He hit seven three-pointers, seven for 11 at the end of the game. Just an amazing night from Andrew. Also, the team was hitting three-pointers. We set a new franchise record for three-pointers in a game, 23 threes. 
And I think there's a chance we set an NBA record for most combined threes between the two teams. It sounds so. like um, sounds like an easy win, right? Nothing could possibly go wrong. Right, exactly. Especially when I, what if I told you we were up by 17 points in the last three minutes of the game? Sounds like an easy win to me. Yeah, book put, it. Put the bench in. Uh, wait. The Wolves made history. Uh, of the, the stat was, g- going into that game, uh, the record of teams that were trailing by 17-plus points in the final three minutes, they were 0 and 8,378. And now that record has been changed. Teams are now 1 and 8,378. That's a 0.0001% chance wow. of happening. Way to do the math on that. I, I did it. Canisupis did. So shouts right, to Canisupis. Right. There you go. Great, what a great website. Uh, so, yeah, the we fell apart. I couldn't believe it. Even in the final minute of the game, we were up by like 9 with like 30 seconds remaining. Unbelievable. Uh, just a, a gutting loss. I couldn't believe it. Um, especially after we rolled all game. Buddy Heald got super hot at the end. Uh, with time basically out, De'Aaron Fox had to uh, he had to miss a free throw on purpose. Mm. And people remember in OKC, the untucked jersey game, yeah. where we lost. Cat couldn't miss a free, th- free right, throw right. on purpose. He accidentally made it. And yeah. then free we throw lost. Free throw debacles going on right. left and right. Although De'Aaron Fox, uh, the last two-minute report said he committed a lane violation that was uncalled. Obviously, uh, of course. He, he chucked it at the front of the rim, caught it, and then laid it right back up. Um, he went over before the hit? Yeah, he went over. And uh, Ryan Saunders said, can we challenge this? And the ref said, no, you can't. We'll uh, just apologize for it the yeah. next day. What's the point of having a challenge system then? Right. It's the exact same thing that happened last week in Indianapolis when, at the end of the game, Cat hit a three-pointer, was fouled, it was going to be a four-point play, and then the ref said he stepped out of bounds, and Ryan said, can I challenge this? They said, no, you can't. And the next day they apologized. Whoops, our bad. Mm, so yeah. it's it's frustrating for a Wolves fan to have two games in two weeks that the last two-minute report said, oh, our bad, we just screwed you. Although, Sorry. If you're also a Vikings fan, you should be used to this by now. Yes. I hear that's a common thing from listening to your podcast. <laughs> uh, we, we both have problems with the refs right now. Yeah. So at the end of the year, maybe we'll be happy we lost those two games because we'll get a good pick or something but it feels pretty gutting to lose two games where the next day they said oh we, we that was our bad even though you know it's our own fault for blowing a 17 point lead in three minutes some of that was buddy heel was on fire right oh my god some of the shots he took and made were unbelievable yeah i love buddy heel i gotta say like obviously it uh, stung a bit here but i would love them in college i wanted us to draft him i've loved him as a pro i think he's great yeah, it's a it's a real bummer uh, that he had this game because there was some strife. Buddy Heald was saying that he didn't appreciate being moved to the bench, and people right. went to the trade machine to drop all kinds of trade rumors to get <laughs> Buddy Heald to Minnesota. Sure, but after you score forty five points off the bench like he did, you don't get traded. So yeah, the, that's a shame. Playing the Timberwolves cures all ills. Ah, that's unfortunately so 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 yeah. true. Um, so I loved Canis Hoopus's tweet after the game. Great website, by the way. Everyone should follow them on Twitter. So here's a tweet, tweet from them. Consider, had they won, it would merely have been a meaningless victory in another losing season against an equally bad team. But this loss, it's like a beautiful diamond amid a constellation of gems. That's really the right attitude, I think, to take this with. Right, yeah. It was, uh, you know, all the players are absolutely gutted. Towns was as upset as I've ever seen him in right. practice the next day. Yeah. Uh, and as they should be. That was a historic choke job. Mm-hmm. Um, but, hey, Timberwolves fans, let's look at this as the rare gem that it is. Yeah. Not like, another win in a mean- meaningless season. Like, we've lost a lot of games, uh, yes. you know, but we haven't lost them like this. If you're going to be bad, like, you got to be the best at being bad, right? And the Wolves are. The yeah, Wolves are like, that. Give us that crown, baby. And that naturally leads us into our first topic for this week's full court press. Here's the tip. All right, Jared. I've seen I've seen the fans online. We're at a mm. low point, mm-hmm. and I mean we're pretty good at weathering the low points of the season, but we've hit one right here. Yeah. So we're going to talk about tips for Timberwolves fandom resilience. Mm. You know, like I said, I was getting to the point this past week where I was like, do I have to watch this team right now? So the first question I have is. How are you able to stay interested in the Wolves through all this losing? I saw a stat on Twitter. This team has been around for 31 seasons. We still have more wins during the 12 years that KG played here than we do in the 19 seasons without him. So 12 years with KG, 513 wins. 19 seasons without him, 463 wins. We have 70 fewer wins than in 19 years than we did in the 12 years of KG. So that's, that's a, a lot of losing to watch. That's tough. Uh, so how do you stay resilient as a Wolves fan? I was thinking about that on the drive over here to a Wolves cast studio. Um, 
I don't know. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like obviously I have. I still consider myself a Wolves fan. Um but it's one of those things where you you can't think of words to say. Like, you know, you could talk about like it's fun to watch Cat play. He's like a once in a generation talent. Sure, that's cool. A Kogi, big hustle player. It's nice to root for Ryan Sand- Saunders. Um you got like we're finally playing modern basketball. And those are all like you know, nice like little things to talk about. But the real answer is I, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I feel like it's just I don't know the alternative. I'm stubborn. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, for me, I've never. I mean, as a kid, I uh, growing up, uh, I lived in Illinois for a, a few years, and it was around the time of the Jordan Bulls. I think everyone in the country was fans of the Jordan Bulls. You know, of course, and that was probably the last good sports team I cheered for. <laughs> I went to Northwestern University uh, for my alma mater. They were not good, although the football program got to a bowl game twice when I was there. I was hey, in the marching band. I got to go. go. I got to travel. Go. That was awesome. Uh, let's see. I'm a Twins fan. They had a good run in the late, uh, the late aughts to the you know 2000s. They won a bunch of division titles, but always got swept out of the playoffs. So mm-hmm. it was never like felt like they had a really good team there. And you know, cheered for the Timberwolves. So, like I've never really cheered for good sports teams. So I guess maybe that helps. Yeah. Me. Um, I guess they have like good branding. You know, the logos are pretty cool. Yeah. Um, uh, Crunch is is pretty great. He's an awesome mascot. Uh, so there's a lot to like there. Uh, players are generally like good dudes. There's not really any, any like Jimmy Butler's on the team. Yeah, Derek um, Rose's. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you know you have all those like kind of hipstery, um, you know, good guy moral victories things to kind of rally around. So if nothing else, yeah. th- there you go. How do you keep going? What's the alternative? You know, right. you can't stop. It's kind of like life. You know, it can yeah. get it can get tough. It's harder more than it's easy. You know. Yeah. But what's the alternative? Giving up? Yeah. yeah you just got to keep going. Keep taking it one yeah. day at a time. That's kind of yeah. what it feels like to be a Wolves yeah. fan. Tip off is like your alarm clock uh, on a Monday morning. That's like, right. It sucks, but you hit what it. What horrors await for me it. today? Yeah. Is, you know, punch punch your time card in. Like grab your lunch pail and uh, watch the Wolves. That's what you do. I think some of it too is. I mean, shouts to Free Darko and Liberated Fandom. I think we're all modern fans, which means that. Our, we cheer, we ride and die for the Timberwolves, but we can still have other players that we love in the league. You cheer for the Wolves long enough, you have to have other joys that you can get out of watching good basketball elsewhere. So, you know, I take joy in watching teams. Like, I'm, I'm really a big fan of the Milwaukee Bucks this year. You know? Oh, yeah, of course. I love Giannis. They have lost six games all season, so they have an 87% winning percentage right now. That's good. It's crazy dominant. And, so, and like, Milwaukee as a city, I'm happy for them. They have had not good sports success lately. So... Um, so that's like a team I can take joy in watching, even though I'm a diehard Wolves fan, you know? So there's some of that, too. Um, but the next question I have is, why watch games you know they're going to lose? And this is more for me, you know, as I asked myself when I tuned in for the Houston and OKC games. Especially for some of them, man, Fox Sports Go, I blasted you for this earlier this season on the podcast. But you can't put, I was starting the replay of the OKC game. And I, to be fair, I tried to do it on the Apple TV, which is a little bit different than the desktop site. This doesn't happen on the desktop okay. site. But I pulled it up, and before I hit play, there's like highlights for the post-game interviews. And it's like, Chris Paul oh. talks about win against the Timberwolves. Yeah. So I was like, you know I haven't seen this game, Fox Sports Go. I just pulled up the uh, replay. Why are you showing me this? You know, so then I knew they lost, and I still forced myself to watch. The game. <laughs> oh man! But wow, speaking of lunch pail, jeez. I think that's kind of Look a good example, though. Is I got to see uh, Shabazz. Shabazz, there we mm. go. Not Shabazz. I got to see Shabazz first career triple double. There you go. There's always that. You know, you can see a player's reach new personal mi- milestones. You right. watch the Raptors loss. You got to see Andrew Wiggins first triple double. There you, you know? go. So. That's something. Like, I care about these players, so to see them reach new levels of their career is always nice. Yeah. It's about the journey, right? Not the destination. Exactly. And plus, if this team does good, good you're going to want to say you watch the development of these players that will be stars one day for the franchise or around the league. You know, I've always said, like, I've watched every Ricky Rubio game while he was here. And I'm just like, wherever Ricky goes, I will have been part of that journey. Yeah. You know? You're a piece of Ricky Rubio. Yeah, that's what I've always wanted to be. So, uh, here, here. you know, even if you know it's kind of a lost season, you tune in because you just never know what personal milestones will be achieved. And plus, you can say, man, now that this, I mean, I have no experience with this, but uh, theoretically, when we get good, we can say, <laughs> I was there when, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I posed this question on Twitter and Reddit, actually. I asked, what would it take for you to stop being a Wolves fan? My comparison on Twitter, in case you didn't see it, what follows that Wolves cast, you could be. Uh, you know, getting all these gems in real time. So I had a friend in college who woke up really hungover one day. And usually people who are hungover say, oh, I'm never going to drink again. And this friend groaned for a few minutes and he was like, 
you know, I'm always going to drink. <laughs> he just is very honest with himself. Yeah. Even in that moment of being hungover, he's just like, I'm not going to stop drinking. Yep. And that's what I feel about like being a Timberwolves fan. Even after the worst losses, I'm like, I'm always going to be a Timberwolves fan. Which brought me to the thought experiment of, you know, what would it actually take to get me to stop cheering for this team? Sure. Did you? Uh, do you have any ideas what it would take for you, Jared? Um, why don't you go through some of these fan responses, and I'll pick sure. out the ones that I maybe agree with. I agree with that, actually. Uh, these are just a sampling. There's a lot more, which you can find on Reddit or uh, Twitter if you look at our replies. Um, if they traded Cat, I'd probably stop watching in the near term. Long term, if they started playing soccer instead of basketball, I'd definitely stop watching. <laughs> wow. Add Zach Binks. I mean, like, Gorgie's probably pretty good at soccer, though. Oh, yeah. So let's definitely. not, let's seen, not rule that out. Juggling the ball, yeah. the basketball with his feet. Yeah, let's not rule the wolves at soccer out. Uh, a lot of people said nothing. Nothing, apparently. Maybe they'd have to move. That's sure. Trav612 on Twitter. I don't think I'll quit as a fan, but I'll quit my membership at JB Hoops Fan. Yeah, I've done. I did that years ago. Neil and I were season ticket reps uh, the yeah. Karolinko year and the Last Love season, and then after that, we were like, "You're raising ticket prices, even though Kevin Love is gone." Yeah, uh, let, let's just buy on the open market. Yeah, and that's, that's pretty been tough. Smarter, so save money, guys. Uh, sorry, Tim Rolls membership people. I know you have the hardest job in the world. Yeah. You know, advocating for people not L- to be. They've left me fun. some voicemails this year. I haven't oh, returned any of those. I, calls. I'm so polite to them when they call because I'm just like, I'm sorry, you have the hardest job. You know, like. It be easier to call people and sell like knives over the phone you know than right. it would be memberships to the timberwolves uh the team moves to seattle or vegas then i'd be out that's bryce man 73 um honestly probably nothing i am hartwick if the organ and so a lot of them are you know nothing or if the team moves relocation or some serious scandal that was another thing so relocation is kind of the biggest thing people would mention and i kind of feel that i asked neil today i'll ask you the same question if the timberwolves moved to a different state, would you one stay a fan of the Wolves in whatever city they're in? Would you two become a fan of a new team and start cheering for them, or three, just not have a favorite team, just kind of cheer for the NBA at large? You know, um, it's probably either one or three. Um, I don't think I'd just kind of take up the the flag of a new team. You know, um, uh, kind of. Being a Wolves fan means like when the playoff comes around, you pick a new favorite team, anyways. Of course, so yes. I, I'm pretty experienced at just kind of rooting for the league at large and having players and teams that I enjoy. Uh, so it'd be a pretty natural transition. Uh, whether or not I remain loyal to like the Wolves or whatever team they became, I think it would kind of depend on like the manner in which they left. You know, if it was a kind of a Seattle thing where like a billionaire screwed a whole city over, exactly. you know, that that'd be a pretty hard pill to swallow. Yeah, but, that's you know. just it. I think about supersonic fans and like the ones I know hate OKC. Yeah. They hate them. Rightly now. so. Yeah, exactly. And so like Neil said, I think I'd still be a Wolves fan, but also number three is in play where you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't just cheer for anyone. Yeah, I think I would too. be too bitter. I think I would just yeah. be like, how dare you have success in a different city? And like, that would be hard if they got good right away. Right. I would kind of want them, if they got made the playoffs, I'd be like, someone please be right. Them. I, like, I, I just know I'm too bitter of a person to ever cheer for them in a different state. Yeah, so I've got a lot of pent up rage about Minnesota sports. So I, I would probably just yeah. go with not a fan of a specific team. Although I do enjoy being a fan of the Wolves. It's like when you are invested in the ups and downs of a single franchise, it's a fun way to filter the NBA at large. Sure. What does this mean for my team? Sure. What is this? And it's it, a frame to look at things. Yeah, it's my gateway to the larger world of the NBA. Yeah. So I think that having a personal connection right. with a team does make it more interesting to follow the NBA at sure. large. I, I think a lot of the, your responses that kind of said like apparently nothing like really strikes true. Like if you are still a Wolves fan, like at this point after the last like decade plus of like just the gong show that's been going on. Like, we're the Detroit Lions of the NBA. Yeah. And, and so if you're still here, it's like apparently nothing. Like, that that really kind of says it all. Apparently nothing. Yeah. At BJ Van Beek on Twitter su- summed it up probably the best. Obviously, nothing would prevent current Wolves fans from continuing to be Wolves fans. Yeah. Otherwise, they would have ditched this team long before this. Yeah. Um, some other people echoed that. It's a life sentence, said user MR2RE yep. from uh, Mr. I don't know. I'm trying to make the name make sense off Reddit. Um, there's a lot of that. Um, I saw, I'm scrolling through some of the answers right now. There will be no white flag on this ship, said user at Real Ovi on uh, Reddit. Um, then we have, there was another good one too, I'm trying to see. Uh, nothing. I hate myself more than I'll ever hate this team, no matter how uh, S word they are. That one uh, hits close. Uh, yeah, I replied to that same. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, uh, the, the person who said like maybe like a big scandal, I gotta say like yeah, that, that maybe make me 
like like him more because that kind of like I feel like when Patriots fans get caught cheating, they're like they like circle the wagons and they get like they put up their defensive barbs. I feel like you know if Ryan Saunders got implicated in some kind of like cheating scandal, I'd be like, there you go, Ryan. Why to try to turn things around here? Let's go, the Joe Smith thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, <laughs> Jesus. Um, I think a couple people said this, including at Lagomite and user Andy underscore Wiggins on Reddit. I don't think it's actually Andrew Wiggins. Although I do know Okogi's Reddit account. I follow it. He rarely posts. Uh Smart. Never post. Uh, He said, it's hard to envision anything on the court really killing the hardcore fans. The ones left have pretty much seen it all. The only thing that would really push me away would be something unethical within the organization, like a Donald Sterling situation or possibly something similar to what happened in Dallas, the rampant sexual harassment and just mistreatment of women. Like if the organization had some really sick stuff going on where I couldn't ethically support them anymore, I think that's the only thing that would ever drive me away. Other than relocation, as we just talked about. If there was some bad scandals in something that was, like, abusing people behind the scenes, I would not be able to stay on board with the Wolves. Does does Glenn Taylor have kids? Yeah, he does. I feel like if he passed the team down to one of his children, that that could kind of come close. Well, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later in the episode. Uh, Before we move on, because I know Neil's like, come on, why are you reading all these responses? (laughs) Because Neil likes to keep the show moving. I just want to say a few more of my favorite ones. This one's fun. Fox Sports Wisconsin expanding to my market. (laughs) There you go. Um, (laughs) That's funny. Let's see. We have... Giannis. I don't know. For some reason, this team gives me some sort of sick, stable, since we always lose comfort in my life. Mm. LOL. I'm not even from Minnesota. I was born and raised in Australia. If I made it up to this point, why not stick it all out? That's uh, user Rilo underscore Ken. That's masochistic. Yeah, exactly. Um... Let's see. I like. I became a Timberwolves fan in 2010. Ooh, tough year to start. I was born in the darkness, molded by it. Yeah. I didn't see light until the playoffs in 2018. By then, it was nothing but blinding. We are inseparable. It's user Matt Monty 95 from Reddit, aka yeah. the first Noel, Man. spelled like Jalen Noel. A lot of Bane references this week. Yeah. Then there's people who say that they cheer for the Wolves because it makes their life seem better in comparison. I'm a Timberwolves fan because they make me feel better about my own successes. Wow. In comparison to this never-ending dumpster fire, Kilgore Trout on, on uh, Reddit. Can't that person just get like a friend who's uglier than them or something? Like That, that seems like a lot easier. Exactly. Um, two more responses. Nothing. I don't think a relocation would even deter me. I've been a lifelong fan. I have grew up in Minnesota, but as an adult, I've lived all over the country. And for some reason, I think that would dull the pain of them moving. I don't know. That wasn't the one I was supposed to read. Oh, well. Now you've heard it. That's from uh, Underdog to Wolf. And then finally, this one I want to end on. Underdog. I like the Wolves because if anything good happens, it's like eight times the joy you would get from the same kind of thing on a better team. Yeah. Like a win is the greatest thing. A loss is almost expected. The playoffs is a white whale and winning the finals is the holy grail. Yeah, that's true. Winning one game against Houston in the playoffs, that was that made, was made my decade. Yeah, you know? most teams would be like four we got swept four one. Like Yeah, no, it was like, yeah. no, no, no. We took a game from Houston. Yeah, we let's won go. a playoff let's game at go. home against the number one seed. So I totally feel that. That's the main reason I think ultimately we cheer for the Timberwolves is because when we get there, it's going to feel better than if we were cheering for the Lakers or for the Heat or whatever. So basically a sunk cost fallacy. Yeah. That's where we're at right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I definitely going to get blackjack this time. (laughs) Yeah, and won't it feel – all the losing will make it feel so much better when you hit 21. All right. Well, let's move on to our next topic. He's hitting up. All right, Jared, as we've uh, talked about, you are a molder of young minds. You're both a teacher and a coach, basketball coach. Sure. So um, I'm in it for the money, though. Oh, of course. You know, yeah. as all teachers are, there's, it's mostly money and yeah. then anything else is ancillary. Absolutely. Uh, so I have a couple questions. Maybe you can impart some of your wisdom upon us. So my first question for you is, what has coaching basketball taught you about the game? Wow. Um I mean, it's one of those things that once you got into it, like you didn't realize how much you didn't know. Like I played varsity basketball through high school and I thought I knew a lot and I, you know, whatever. But like there's like so much intricacies of like, you know, techniques and and X's and O's and stuff. I don't want to get into all that, though. I'm sure your listeners don't want to hear me talk about how to beat like a one, two, two half court trap or whatever. You need to start your own YouTube channel. Like (laughs) Professor, your Professor Pigskin is your name on the Uh, Kings of the North podcast. It's your character. You know, I like Kings of the North is like you and Matt have your characters who are basically pretty much just you. Yeah. It's it's just just a light. It's like a, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, what am I trying to say? Like more flavorful version of you and Matt. It's, It's mostly an excuse 
or if we say something stupid, we can just blame it on being in character. Right, exactly. It's which, a way which to just it isn't, yeah. feed it's, the ego right, a little bit. For but sure. Everyone who's a guest on your program, which included me last season, is really in a character. They're playing a character who is not necessarily like them. Sometimes they're a comparison. Sometimes they're the opposite of right. what that pe- person is. So it's fun to have that kind of go through. But uh, So I guess you know you could start a YouTube channel, Professor... Uh, sure. What's the... Professor Leatherskin? I don't know. Leatherskin, that's, that's, that yeah. sounds like a horror movie. Thing. Yeah, ooh, yeah, we'll work on that yeah, one. But you take Focus your professorship group. over to YouTube and right. you can teach us some lessons. Sure, sure. Um, I, I think maybe the biggest thing is how much of like a, a make or miss game it is. Like you can like do everything right as a coach and tell them what to do, and if they make a shot and it goes in, they take a good shot and it goes in. Like you're a hero, and the, they take a good shot and it goes out. Like we had a game where we we won by one point. The other team took a wonderful shot wide open as the timer expired, and they missed it, and we won. And it's just like that's just like it's a weird game. Um, and yeah, basically like nothing you do or try to do as a coach matters. Uh, that's what I've learned. Uh, <laughs> Both in the game of basketball and in the yeah, game of life. Yeah. Nothing matters. You have no power. Just like real life, it's a make or miss league, you know? You right. can take a bad shot, you make it, you're a hero. Right. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you have no control. It's all about power. All right, well, my next question, how has coaching changed the way that you watch the Timberwolves? Um, you see the X's and O's a little bit more when you watch games? A little bit. It's obviously much, much more complex. Um, but there are, there are some similarities sometimes or like, things you know a little bit more. Um, one thing that I, I kind of got to me, like, remember this summer when, like, there's a lot of news stories about Andrew Wiggins um, and... and um, and Saunders Ryan and like how they're practicing with them and they're going to put like the point values on the oh, floor sure, and they're yeah. doing all these games where like you know, long twos are worth zero points and stuff like that. Right. And everyone's like, oh, that's so smart. Uh, we do that all the time at the high school level. That's like super normal. And it's also, I know it's a little bit harder in the NBA because the defenses are more complex and there's a shot clock, but it took me like three games to teach my team not to shoot mid-range jump shoot shots. <laughs> and we, sh- we average like two like two jump shots uh, from the mid-range area, like a game, sometimes less. We've wow. had games where we shot zero, where it's all analytic like, darlings. Yeah, in, in freshman like, year already. Our our shot chart is amazing. I'll tell wow. you that much right now. And it's not that hard to explain that concept. So every time uh, I see like uh, Wiggins pull up with eighteen, yeah. like, like it's not like oh he has these habits that are hard to break. Like no, like it's I can teach like these 13, 14 year old like guys who barely understand basketball. Like hey, that's a bad shot. Like yeah, that makes sense. You show them the math on the board. They're right. Like, oh yeah, no kidding. Right. And so it really makes that more frustrating. Uh, you remember the the Derrick Rose like fifty point game? Oh yeah. I was watching it with a bunch of people who aren't huge basketball fans, and they kept on being like, "Wow, great shot!" As he like sunk like a pull up two with like sixteen seconds left on the right, clock, yeah. and I was like, "Terrible shot!" At the yeah. same time, they were like, "Nice," and I was like, "No," and then it would go in. They're like, "Why are you like so mad about these shots?" And then I explained everything. And then, of course, like dumb because he kept on making them. Um, right. And it's just like it's you, a make it or miss yeah, it league. Yeah, it's a make or miss league. Like he took a million dumb shots that night, yeah. but they all went in. So I guess it works out. Yeah, that's how you know sometimes some of the more random fifty point scorers in history have gotten there. Shots to Corey Brewer. Yeah. All right. And my next question is, uh, you know, I have a feeling this is going to be bad, but yeah. what do your players think about the Timberwolves these days? Um, I made a I made a joke about them in the huddle one time about how we shouldn't be like them, and they uh, all like uh, snickered and laughed about that. Good um, learning lesson. Yeah. Um, kids these days, uh, and like not even kids, like uh, like our generation too. Like a lot of times, we're more loyal to players than we are to teams. Yeah, uh, that's, not, that's not a fresh take. You know, that's been written about for a while, and but it's very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very very true. Um, you know what's kind of funny? A couple of weeks ago, I was on the, a bus to a game in, in Hastings, a little long bus ride. And the back of the bus, my freshmen were talking about like the Jordan's Bulls. And they were like giving like, you know, you Scotty Pippen was like this and Rodman was like that. And then the, one of the kids, I can remember this distinctly, said, people forget about John Stockton. <laughs> and it's like, all right, listen, person who was born well Yikes. after he retired. If you know who John Stockton is, that means no one's forgotten about him because yeah. you never saw him play. Like Also, John Stockton is crazy overrated because people have got into this. The, whoever was the scorer at home for Utah during all those games were like, that's an assist. That's an assist. He was just like super yeah. generous. And that's why right. he's like got 5,000 more assists than Chris Paul even at this point. Right, right. It's just like <laughs> hometown cooking. no one will ever te- catch him in the assist category because <laughs> no one's ever had a friendlier at home scorer. Yeah. Ever. Like, oh, yeah, it's a, you passed it. And then the guy ran the entire court and did a few moves and then dunked it. Yeah. That's a John Stockton assist. Yep, yep. Yeah. It's like, and also, like, no one's forgotten about him. Like, if you know who he is, no one's forgotten about him. So that's kind of funny. But uh, they're weird. I, was, I like him. They're I weird. was randomly thinking today, who is the most recent John player named John to win the NBA championship? Wow. I, I was just struggling thinking. So I had to look up players named John. 
And the one, the only one I saw that I was sure had won a championship, I'm sure maybe some of you are screaming at the radio right now uh, with your own ideas, was John Havlicek for the Celtics. I was uh, like, oh, that's the champion. Of that's yeah. definitely a champion. Of course. So uh, That's a real that, John. But is there any other Johns who have won championships? Let us know at Wolvescast, please, because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm wondering. Or in the comments. All right, my final question for you is, what's one thing that every pickup hooper can practice to be better? For me... It's effort, uh, hustle, sure. shooting, rebounding, uh, foot position, basically every aspect of my game. But <laughs> for just people who are casual hoopers, what, what, what's something easy or something accessible sure. to them? I, that I can mean, get better at? the obvious low hanging fruit is like if you practice like dribbling and shooting more, you'll be better, uh, obviously. But if you want like a, a more like a, you know professorly answer, you know, for the YouTube channel, uh, it's actually floor spacing. Um, people don't realize. Like, if you just kind of stand out of the way, it does so much for an offense. Um, and a lot of times in our leagues, uh, and I'm guilty of this, uh, most of us are guilty of this, like 80% of us are guilty of this. Uh, uh, like, three t- people like, will try to post up at the same time. Mm. That doesn't work. Or, like, I've had people, like, I catch the ball in the post, and someone tries to, like, screen my defender in the post. It's like, all you've done is triple teamed me. Like, you brought another defender over, and you're in the way, too. Right. Uh, and, like, sometimes you just got to get out of the way. Uh, like so, so, like, if you pass the ball, cut away from the ball. Like uh, and, oh, yeah. and just create space because what you can do is you can open up a little uh, a gap in the defense. So it's like a, like there's no person there anymore. So now they got the ball can drive it, and then yeah. then if your man helps, they can pass it to you and you're open. But instead, like we try to run pick and rolls with guys who don't know how to dribble. Like that's not going to work. Uh, or yeah. you try. Everyone's like, I'm gonna all, we're all going to cut in the post at the same time, and that doesn't work either because uh, it's just like a big cluster. I know when I play, I. I love floating outside the three-point line because the only thing i don't care about scoring i have a very low ego in terms of having offensive stuff happen but i don't like my guy beating me on the other end of the court Uh, so and if i go down that's why i don't like crashing the offensive glasses because if i go down there every person we play with can outrun me down the court so i'm not i'm not winning any foot races and so it's inevitably help 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 if i try to crash the offensive glass so i had to float in around the top of the key and that way i can cut off fast breaks right and i do that a lot but unfortunately because i'm not a good shooter whenever i'm standing above the three-point line trying to space it my guy just walks into the pane (laughs) just like crowds the lane because he's like, what's going to happen? They're not even going to pass it to Scott. You're a defensive specialist. It's yeah, all good. Exactly. Yeah. But I have been trying to get better at if like my guy's not respecting me and he's giving me tons of space. I know that like the guys we play with, they don't kick the ball to me and just be like, he's open. Let's see right. if he can do something with it. So I've been trying to like set picks on people just so it's like maybe my guy who's not focusing on me will be like, oh, right. wow, he's yeah. setting a pick. I need to go up there just in case, you know. Uh, also, a nice rule of thumb is if, for basket cuts, if like your man turns his, the back of his head to you, mm-hmm. um, cut to the basket. Sure. And now, and that's fine. And if you don't get it, then like kick out. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is people cut to the basket and they stay, stay there. there. And then someone yeah. else does it and stays there. And all of a sudden, like, like I can't post up. So yeah. like I started the shooting three pointers just because i got frustrated with like floor spacing uh and i was like well i might as well learn how to shoot threes then sure. because i'm not going to post up that much pretty much all people do at pickup hoops these days basically all right well we're going to go on to our final topic here he's on fire all right i know that uh as a devoted listener to kings of the north i know that you guys are passionate about the xfl oh yeah and so i i mean and you guys are going to record an xfl episode absolutely coming up we've been uh we like to say that it's been three seasons of practice getting ready for this episode right you guys are super bowl you are champions of the xfl in terms of how much you advocate for it <laughs> so my thought was what would the xfl for the nba be like the xba if you will sure so just for fans who are maybe don't remember the xfl it's been a while i guess some people mm-hmm. are younger than us uh, basically, the XFL had a bunch of rule changes to kind of address casual fans' most common complaints about football. Uh, if I may, really quickly. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you get to this in a second. This is the second iteration of the XFL. It happened, like, over a decade ago. And at the time, it was very much like the XFL was had this, like, very, like, toxic masculinity idea. Oh, yeah. They were like, we're not going to allow fair catches. Yeah. Right? Like, we're going to let defensive backs just destroy receivers. It's and basically, we're going to try and be yeah. NFL blitz. Yeah. And all these things that, like, sounded like very tough guy, macho, which actually sucked because, like, it just turned into, like, a big cluster. No one could pass the ball because, right. like, defensive backs were just, like, mugging receivers. The the one cool thing about it was their coin flip. Uh, do you remember the coin flip for the XFL? I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, like, 
the ball is like in the middle of the field right. and two people run from opposite ends to yeah. whoever can get the, the ball first. The ball's the 50-yard line. There's a player for each team on the 40-yard line yeah. like facing each other, opposite 40-yard lines, and they run to the middle and dive on the ball. And so the very first human coin toss, they called it, the very first one of the first game, uh, one of the players separated their shoulders. <laughs> there hadn't even been like time running yet, and there's already an injury. And Clearly, like, why, here's why we don't do this, even yeah. though it's a fun idea. Like, whoa. Um, but it kind of crashed and burned because all these like machoism ideas yeah. actually kind of sucked. Yeah, there's a reason the NFL right. doesn't do that. I did like how they could have nicknames on their jerseys. That was though. very cool. Was it he Hate he Me? He Hate Me was the, the tr- breakout star. He Amazing. actually made the Carolina Panthers. Oh, um, wow. Uh, so this new iteration, you wrote down some of the rules. I'll let you go over them. But it's actually like really smart uh, rules that address all the biggest flaws of the, of the NFL. So actually really good. Yeah, I'm excited about some of these. Uh, a lot of them are pace of play changes to speed up the game. Which is huge. That's the worst part about the NFL is you watch a game for three hours and there's like 11 minutes of actual yeah, action. Yeah, it's horrible. Just a lot of just huddle in and around and stuff. So XFL kickoffs and punts are different. Uh, you can't punt it and everyone runs down the field so the second the receiver catches it it's either a fair catch or you get tackled right there right the guy has he has time to catch it and so it encourages returns yeah you know? which, which are fun yeah returns are a fun thing to watch uh, after touchdowns, you'll love this. Uh, I know from yeah. listening to Kings of the North, you hate kickers. Kickers think, are my mortal enemy. You think they should not be in the NFL at all? Yep, absolutely. Ban kickers, and this is part of that. After there's no uh, point after attempt. Instead, you get Thank you. Uh, one point if you run a play from the two yard line. You get two points if you run a play from the five yard line. And you can get three points if you run a play from the ten yard line. Yeah, that's awesome. No kicking allowed. If the defense returns a turnover, they get however many points the team on offense is going for. Right. Very, very cool stuff there. It's like now like after a touchdown, you get what? Like one more like touchdown play. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, I also like uh, overtime rules are changed, so it's not like one team can just get the get the coin flip and then right. win before the other team gets a shot. It's basically like a penalty kick, except like it's eleven on eleven. Right. Like, exactly. Like the offense and defense of one team are on one side of the field, then the inverse and the other side of the field, and they take turns going back and forth with like five opportunities, and whichever team like makes more goals like wins. Right. It's so cool. It's almost better than college overtime, which is already pretty great. And then there's some other things like you can do double forward pass as long as the ball has yeah. a moment for the line of scrimmage. That's that, super cool. That's some like some sandlot stuff where yeah. you pass it, and you pass it, and then you pass it. That's going to be amazing. Uh, the play clock is a lot faster. Uh, comeback period, teams can't run the clock out as easily. Right. Which is nice. Uh, the running game clock, the clock just is always running. So right. there's no like, you know, because that's what takes NFL forever is all the clock management that's going on. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think the NFL play clock is 40 seconds. So you see like a three second play, like you hand off the running back, he gets tackled for a two yard gain, 40 seconds. And yeah. Then you do it again. This is brutal. I think. And like, if you throw an incomplete pass, the clock just stops. Yeah. Not in the XFL. A- it just keeps running. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. I and, love that. Yep. And players need to keep just. Two, can, instead of just having one foot in bounds when you receive the ball, you can have two. And that's just a way to be like, you know, we don't have to do all these reviews. What, did one foot get in or did two feet get in? Right, right. Actually, you just need one foot in yeah, bounds yeah, yeah. instead that's, of the two. The NFL says two, XFL yep. says just needs yep. one. Kind of like college, which so is good. So that way we don't have to spend forever looking at replays. Yeah. So, you know, it's exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll probably watch a game or two, uh, well, especially probably with you guys. Uh, we're um, the first XFL game of the season. Uh, it's uh, the Saturday after the Super Bowl. Um, uh, 1 p.m. Um, our Seattle Dragons. Uh, as a as a podcast, we decided to be Seattle Dragons fans because it's nice to kind of have like one team we all root for instead and of being enemies. The best name. And yeah, like we need to bring like more nerdiness to sports. And like this thing, how many like uh, young kids are going to like Google dragons now because of this team and see like a dope picture of a dragon and then start playing Dungeons and Dragons or playing video games and Heck stuff yeah. like that. So we want to promote this like nerdiness in sports. Let's do so, it. There we go. I'm all about it. So that may, may, that brings us to what would the XBA seem like? I saw this week that North Korea has their own basketball rules. Some of these are great. Slam dunks are worth three points. Right. That's awesome. It encouraged dunking. Like Wiggins would have to change the way he plays. Right. It's like Wiggins loves doing layups for two points. But if he could get an extra point just by dunking. Absolutely. I think that, you know, obviously it's more feasible in North Korea where the average height of an NBA player is like 5'9". <laughs> <laughs> like their basketball players are a lot shorter. So it's like it, it might be unfair for like DeAndre Jordan to be getting three points every time he dunks. But it would hey, change the way defenses yeah. defend it. You and know? bring the big boys back, you know. That's exactly right. Uh, field. This is the worst one. This is one that would never fly. Field goals in the final three minutes of the game are worth eight points. <laughs> That's insane. So, like, if you were down by twenty-four and you're going in to yeah. the, in the final three minutes, you hit three baskets. You're you yeah. caught back up. Three baskets equal twelve. <laughs> so, yeah, especially with the wolves, like the Canes game, where we just couldn't score. They would have won by like eighty points. They wouldn't even have been in overtime. 
Uh, so that one I don't like as much, but I do like this next one. Three pointers are worth four points if the ball doesn't touch the rim. Yeah. If it's a pure swish. Yeah. You get an extra point. I like, I like that because I love it when the ball doesn't touch the rim. Right. You know? Um, and I like this one too. A point is deducted for missed free throws. Sorry, Jarrett Culver. You can't yeah. play anymore. Yikes, yikes. And then some other fun things. I remember Rock and Jock basketball, which actually some of the people who did MTV Rock and Jock went on to work for the NX- XFL, I learned today. Oh, nice. But they had stuff like a 10 point shot in your half court. They had a 25 foot basket that was over the normal 10 foot basket. 25 foot basket that was worth 25 points. And then they had a third basket that was 50 feet in the air. And if you could make that, it was worth 50 points. That's so good. I love those things. That's so good. Uh, I came up with a couple of rules for the XBA here. All right. Um, like what's in, I think for the average person, the best part of basketball is dunking, right? Oh, yeah. So we need some rules to get more dunking in. Uh, and this is going to seem a little sacrilegious because um, I'm not a huge fan, but I actually want to borrow a concept from hockey. Okay. Because one of the worst parts of um, the NBA is fouling out and like having to like manage uh, minutes and stuff like that. Sure. But you also don't want to let players just follow unlimited amount uh, yeah of exactly so what if you can negotiate the number i thought maybe every two you could say every three every two or three fouls you get a power play the player who commits like on a second personal foul he has to stand on the sideline for a minute and now it's five on four Ooh. and so now you're either going to get like a dunk or a three-point shot i love it now like all of a sudden you have to go like a two-two zone on the fly um so like uh you're still penalizing fouls but instead of like, oh, you have to sit out like half the game, it's like, well, you're out for a minute and we get like one minute of like a power play. That's really dope. Yeah. And teams could like strategize like you're on the court. We're OK if you foul because you're not you don't, you're not contributing anything to offense anyway. Right. So you could yeah. be our foul, a designated fouler. Sure. Yeah. So something like that is just going to create like more chaos, more fast break and more dunks, which is what we all really want to see. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, obviously, these are some rules that are um I've been talked about before. I'm a fan of like a free throw, one free throw for no matter what the foul is, worth all the points. Uh, just get moving here, like sure. pick the pace of the game up a little bit. Um, the other thing I, I like, and this is a, something I've heard on Bill Simmons podcast. So again, not an original take, but I love it. It's that you set the clock for what, however, whatever many minutes, forty minutes, fifty minutes, whatever you want to do, um, and then at that point. Um, Say like at, when the clock runs out, it's like let's say it's seventy to seventy-seven. You make it so the the team that wins the game has to you have to score seven more points than whoever's in the lead at that time. So okay. if it's seventy to seventy-seven, the first team to eighty-four wins. Sure. All right. Or if it's seventy to like fifty, the first team to seventy-seven wins. I love that. Uh, so because the, the cool thing about this as a baseball idea that you have to like make a play to win. You the have game, to win. Yeah. Right. There's, you can't just run out the clock. And it gets rid of like the fouling game. It gets rid of like the, you know, all the delaying stuff and all that like kind of weird uh, meta basketball that happens. It gets rid of a lot of like the timeout, 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 and all the things that make the four fourth quarter to last forever which is one sure. of the worst parts gets rid of all of that it makes it proactive yeah i love that there's nothing better than a four like it's rare because you know and that's one of the main complaints about basketball and they've done a lot to improve in the last few years right but it used to be like the last two minutes take 20 right and they've they've done a lot of things to speed the up they took some timeouts away from coaches things like that but it still can slow down a lot in those yep, final minutes. Absolutely. And anytime you get one of those rare games where there's just no stoppage in play for like the last three minutes, you're just like, it's this great. is so thrilling. It's like, great. why can't it always be like that? So I love that. And idea. this would do that because like you don't need to do the intentional foul to like prolong the game thing anymore. Like it would completely right. kill that, which is the whole reason why it sucks. Exactly. And like and people could manage it. Like every pickup game in America is to like a set point total. It's right. Like first 11, first and we've, 15. We've all been at that spot where it's right. like we're up like playing to 15, we're up 13 to 2, and then the other team makes this crazy run. Yeah. And yeah, it gets and really like, tense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that'd be very exciting. Yeah, so that's what I'd want in my XBA is is that rule and, and then like the power play rule and sure. then the free throw adjustment. I think uh, I love those rules. I think I didn't put as much thought into it, but I think there would be fun if there was a four-point line somewhere. You know, Yeah, I'm pro that. Um, maybe even if it's you know past the half-court line. If you make a shot that's past half-court, sure. then you, you, you get a four-point or something like that. I like that idea because I just think – you know some players would practice and get super good at it and it'd be super weird. Yeah. But it needs to be hard enough that it's not just like like Steph Curry's normal range is like four point territory. So it'd have to be kind of challenging. Yeah, if you made a half court point worth four points right now, like Steph Curry would start hitting that. Right, exactly. He has that range. He has that range. We know he does. Right. So I think that would be really cool. I also think that I like the idea of dunks being worth more, but once again, you run into that problem of like just people going dunk heavy like DeAndre Jordan. So I sure. would say you get more points for the more stylish the dunk is. 
So there's rules like a normal flush is like, you know, your normal two points. But if you do like a windmill, it's like three oh. points or we, we what figure if, out a criteria. What if you just had like a former dunk champion on the sidelines of every NBA game and they just hold up a card? Yeah. Like that was a three point dunk. That great was idea. a six point dunk. That's a great you know, idea. Like Vince yeah. Carter's there just like, yep, seven points. Zach Levine would become an MVP in this league. Oh, absolutely. You know, 360 dunks and absolutely. stuff. It would increase like, that's the thing is like. Nobody wants to do fancy dunks in game because if you blow it, your coach gets angry because they're like, it would have counted the same points if you didn't try to show off. Right. And this is like, no, show off. Yeah, you know? yeah. Do that double clutch free throw dunk on a fast break. Like, right. re- people would go berserk. If you jump over someone for the dunk, it's 10 points. <laughs> yeah. The, the American um, like 96 like Olympics team or whatever. Right. Like or Vince Carter. Yeah. That dunk would have been like a 20-point dunk. Yeah. Or just game ender. Yeah. It's like, game's it's, over. It's like all right, let's, let's, you let's jumped, go home. You jumped over a seven-footer's head. Right. <laughs> it's over. So uh, those are my ideas, but let us know what your ideas are. I'd love to hear them. I'm sure you have some really creative suggestions. Hit us up at WolvesCast or let us know in the Canis comments. All right, everybody, before we play Worried, Not Worried, we've got to take some time off and feature a sponsor who you might have heard from before. He's advertised on our programs a few times and it feels appropriate that he's bought some ad space with us today. Let's get into it. Our returning sponsor tonight is once again the world-famous Dolph Lockwood's half Price Sports Exorcisms.com. Do you see physical manifestations of your favorite sports franchise's worst moments from their sorry history, like the late Haley Joel Osmond saw dead people in the M. Night Shyamalan's seventh best movie, The Sixth Sense? Dolph Lockwood has a solution for you. As the premier for-profit sports-related exorcism business in the Western Hemisphere, at Dolph Lockwood's half Price Sports Exorcisms.com, the only thing more supernatural than your ghastly phantoms of haunting regret is the scary low prices. Dolph Lockwood's half Price Sports Exorcisms.com offers a range of non-secular cross-denominational services that can ease the cosmic historical burden created by traumas like kickers who always miss in the playoffs, history-making losses, unintentional tanking, and an inability to draft a franchise quarterback or even move up in the draft lottery at all, historic regular or postseason losing streaks, and so much more. As the North American industry-leading poltergeist purging practitioner, Dolph Lockwood's Half Price Sports Exorcisms.com's track record speaks for itself. Within the past 24 months, woe-begotten franchises like the Toronto Raptors, Philadelphia Eagles, Washington Capitals and Nationals, and the St. Louis Blues have summited the peak of success with the help of Dolph's nation best business. Visit Dolph Lockwood Half Price Sports Exorcisms.com.tumblr.com and use discount code WolfsCast to get a two-for-one special on your first incorporeal being extermination. Discover today what Western Dakota County's most successful successful sports spectator slaying service can do for you. Thanks, Dolph Lockwood. Now it's time for Worried, Not Worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm really, really worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm freaking out here. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I mean, why, why would I be worried? I'm not worried. I'm not worried. You're not worried, are you? All right, everybody. It's a, it's worry, not worried. We haven't played this in a little bit, but don't worry. It, like all things in life, we are either worried or not worried about it. So we are just going to do two today because we ran a little long in the first half of the show. And I care about Neil, who is tearing his hair out right now at the thought <laughs> of it being 50 minutes into the podcast and us just starting our segment. So we're going to just do two. I will ask the question and then we'll both say whether we're worried or not worried about it. Mm. First question. This has been gnawing at my mind lately. Is Carl Anthony Towns just Kevin Love? 2.0. He can't play defense, apparently. He has an inability, perhaps, to be the main star on a good team. And he has great scoring, rebounding, passing numbers, but it's not translating into wins, and he can't play defense. I looked up their stat lines. Remarkably similar for the same age. Mm-hmm. So my question to you, are you worried that Cat's ceiling might be Kevin Love 2.0? Um, I'm not worried about that. Uh, in that, I really like Kevin Love and had a great time watching him. And you know what? At this point, having a star who's really fun to watch, that maybe is the best we can hope for. Sure. So, uh, not worried. In fact, give me a continual string of Kevin Love quality players on bad teams, and at least I have like one thing to be kind of like proud of, you know? All right. Well, that's one way to feel. I personally am worried Uh because I know he's more athletic than Kevin Love. So technically, we all feel there's the capability for better defense. Sometimes with Love, you just saw him and you were like, look at him physically. He just can't keep up with He's doing the best he can. Yeah, yeah, he's doing the best he can. He's always going to be a minus on defense where I think Cat has the capacity for that. But I do worry because, you know, one... You know, Cat doesn't look like he's ever going to fill out the body frame in a way. I think he might always be thin like Love is, kind of. Mm. And that will limit him what he can do in the paint uh, defensively. 
And it's just like, you know, it's one of those things where we always made fun of David Cotton for saying Kevin Love's the third best player on a championship team. We were like, oh my God, this guy, get him out of town. He doesn't realize our best player. And like when he was our best player, we were like, man, if we could just get the system right around him, we'd show everyone that Kevin Love can be the main star. Right. And what did that ended up happening? He was the third best player on the championship <laughs> team. Oof. So I am a little worried because the whole rebuild is around Cat. If we, right. if Cat's not good enough to be your number one guy, then I don't know. You know, it's going to be like five to ten years before we get yeah. that guy. So that's really troubling for me. I don't think he's there yet, but the more, especially shout out to Dane Moore, NBA show, the podcast. Britt Robson was on it this week, and they had a lot of good talk about our favorite guy, Britt. We love Britt. Yeah, he's uh, awesome. Always listen to the podcast that he's on. But they were talking about just like how bad Cat really has been on defense. And yeah, it's, whether it's, it's laziness or if it's just like he can't mentally do the stuff you need. He's so bad at judgment. Right. And so it, we're getting to the point where we're like, is it? Because it, we always thought it was laziness or it was just like, you're on a bad team. Don't give the effort on defense. Right. But now it's just the question is, can he do it? We thought he wouldn't, but or he's unwilling to. But now the question is, is he capable of yeah. playing better defense? There's not much evidence that would indicate that he can. Right. Like if he can, he hasn't shown it. Right. Exactly. So except when he played with Kevin Garnett. Very troublesome. That's something we're going to have to keep an eye on for the rest of the season. Right. Because he has been. So bad on defense, as good as he is in offense, best top 10 offensive player in the NBA, hands down, no doubt. Right. He's equally bad on defense. Right. And so it's like, it's a wash pretty much what he's contributing because for as elite as he is in offense, he gives up all those points on defense mostly. Right. So very troubling. All right. Our final topic for worry, not worried. Will next season be a rebuilding one again? And we were not going to really compete for the playoffs until two years, the 2021, 2022 season. Do you think next year, are you worried that next season will be a, Another non-playoff, lost in the woods kind of lottery bound season. Yeah, I, I am. I am definitely worried. I, I, it's one of those where a year away from being a year away type of things. Um, the the only way that I think the only way that we're not in that situation is if we can like pull off one of these like, super aggressive star hunting trades that we're seemingly looking for. But it doesn't really seem like we have the assets to get it done. I guess I guess maybe like if we like have draft lottery luck, we can like pull something off. But yeah, otherwise we're still a year away from being a year away. Like we don't have the players to run the system. Uh Cat can't Cat can't play defense. Wiggins is I mean, he's better he's than last year, <laughs> but like he's not exactly inspiring like like a lot of confidence. So so yes, I'm very worried. I've always said Wiggins is uh the next DeMar DeRozan, where he just gets a little better every year and then by the time he's twenty eight, you're like, Oh, he's an all star. That would be great. But there's never any big breakout season. Yeah. He never makes a leap forward. He just gets incrementally better and his ceiling is just like, you know, oh he he's an all star for like one or two years in the peak of his right, career. Right. But we'll see. Um Yeah, that's not an optimistic right now. This one's interesting. I'm gonna guess I'm gonna go with worried because personally, I'm not worried. I'm I'm in it for the long haul. I'm with those people <laughs> who are on Reddit being like, I'm a lifer. You yeah, know? you're paying your dues. I know I'm gonna be here recording these podcasts whether they win ten games or fifty games. Um, so I'm gonna be around, and I trust the front office. I like Rosas. I think they have a good plan, and I think that not trying to short circuit the process to get in the playoffs now is actually the smart thing. Let's do it the right way, build piece by piece. But so I'm generally not worried about next season and even for the worst team in the NBA. But the part of me that is worried is that you're seeing just like the fans disconnect in such a way. We have the second worst attendance in the NBA, despite having some really fun stars on this team. And there's a ton of reasons for that, including ticket prices. But I'm just worried of seeing like how unengaged the fan base is right now. If we have another season of that, it could just be, you know, it could be just so damaging, I think, to the fan base and to the franchise then. So while as I know I'm in it for the long haul and I would be fine with another losing season next year because I'm here for the long run, I just I'm not sure how many more seasons of this the Wolves can survive. Right. So, yeah, it's getting kind of bad right now. So I'm going to go worried as well. All right, everybody, those are the things you have to worry about, as well as nuclear war and, you know, the erosion of all of our civil liberties, but, and climate change. Man, that's coming for us. Man, who brings a kid into the world these days? <laughs> Anyways, uh, those makes, uh, you know, those just some things to stay awake worrying about. Now it's time for our weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your weekly Wolfies. All right, everybody. Weekly Wolfies. That's right. It's our weekly award for something good, bad, uh, exciting, gross, notable. Just really anything at all that we want to bring up uh, for good or bad, we can give a Wolfie to. Uh, I was going to do a dishonorable mention here for 
bad numerology. I've been getting really upset. And this is just me being a cranky old guy, I guess. I've been looking at Twitter and people are like, Trey Young scored 24 points and had eight assists and was 81% shooting from the free throw line. What a way to honor Kobe. And it's just like, yeah, Trey Young was doing the math from the free throw line to know how many he had to miss so he can get 81%. And I've seen that from so many games where it's like, wow, he had 24 points tonight. Or Joel Embiid wore the number 24 and he had 24 points and he had eight rebounds. It's just like, what a tribute to Kobe. I almost tweeted after the Kings game, the Wolves had eight steals and, uh, and, uh, you know, well, who's a bench guy? Like, Jarrett Culver played 24 minutes, right. and I almost drawed that out. But then I realized, you know, I don't I don't yeah. need to be making fun of the Kobe people because grief works in lots sure. of different ways, so that's fine. I'm not going to be on Twitter making fun of people, yeah. but can we cut it out? Like, it'd be like these guys, he tried to shoot 81% as a, <laughs> as a tribute to Kobe. It's like, get out of here with that. You know, you said the Wolves hit 21 threes, right? 23 threes, right? They hit 24. It would have been such a tribute to Kobe. And then we would have won, and we lost because we didn't honor Kobe enough. Exactly. That's the reason why. I'm over it. Cut that out. But actually, I saw today uh, Harmar Superstar, a local artist who has some good music that you should check out, did the halftime show last Friday against the Rockets. And the Wolves have brought in musical acts for halftime before. What was impressive about this was, one, they recorded it, really good audio and visual quality, and they put it online, which is awesome. You should go watch it. It's linked in the show notes, so you can just click there and find out. But this had a really cool production. They had uh, you know him start from like backstage with like lights and stuff, and he had choreographed dances with the dancers. And there's really creative staging. He sat down on a couch with Crunch at one point during one of the songs. It was just like more nice. creative than you normally get. Normally it's, you know, Vanilla Ice comes out in a Wolves jersey and stands on stage. And they actually let Harmar get creative with it, which makes me think, wow, there could be some really cool stuff in the future if this is how we're approaching it. Sure. So I'm going to give a plus Wolfie, a good Wolfie to the Harmar halftime show. Nice. I like that. Uh, my weekly Wolfie, my inaugural first ever weekly, weekly Wolfie, Wolfie, excuse me, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. It goes to Dave Benz. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons to give sure. him a Wolfie, weekly Wolfie. We've, I've met him a couple times. He's a great guy. I go on and on about him. But you were talking about what are the reasons to continue to be a Wolves fan and continue to watch games, right? Yeah. And for me... It's, uh, it's Dave Benz. Oh, sure. Uh, and on Friday against the Rockets, I think he really, really kind of like executed that when he tried to combine the words uh, shot and chart uh, for the word chart. Yes. Um, and then was bewildered when Jim Pete was just kind of like, that's a word already. And like, uh, it's probably not the word you want to be using. And he was like just bewildered. Like, yeah. what does this word mean? And so stuff like that. And it, yeah, which is very funny. And so as he like continued to kind of talk about, about Shart uh, during the game, like, you want a reason to watch this Shart of a season? Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's Dave Benz right there. That's the yeah. reason why. So weekly Wolfie for him. Yeah, that was great. Hopefully Neil will find a clip of that that he can link in the yeah, show notes. Yeah, beautiful. Once again, Neil not here, but he's still keeping us held down. He's on our mind. The production. All right, well, that brings us to this week's game. Uh, you know, Jared, I understand you're a big fan of football, which is kind of sure. rare around here. Neil and I are not very literate in right. the, the pastime of American football. And so I have some questions about football players who also played basketball or oh. basketball players who also played football. It's a crossover. Okay. So I have six questions for you, and we'll just see how we do. So let's get started. Question number one. This former Vikings quarterback played football and basketball for Syracuse University, where his number five is retired by the football team. Oh, wow. Um, oh, boy. I, I don't know this one. He I'm only gonna, played one season. I'm going to guess Warren Moon. Uh, no, more recent. He's more most famous. Oh, uh, 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 Randall Cunningham. Uh, he's, he, wore, he wore number seven for the Wolves. This guy is known for wearing number five. He had it retired by Syracuse. He has it retired by the Eagles. Oh, as McNabb. Well. Yeah, that's McNabb, right. Of course. McNabb. Ah. Forgettable season here in Minnesota. That's right. He did go to Syracuse. Yep. I didn't know he played basketball, though. Yeah, he played for Syracuse University. He oh. played basketball, so he was a D1 college athlete Dang for it. basketball. That's cool. All right, next up. This player is third all time in regular season, regular season receiving touchdowns behind only Jerry Rice and your boy Randy Moss. Ooh. He's also third all time in regular season receiving yards behind only Jerry Rice and Minnesota late, no, native Larry Fitzgerald. But he also played in the 1995 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament for his alma mater, the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. So name this legendary receiver, NFL receiver, who played in the NCAA Basketball Tournament. In 95? In 95. 
I have two other stats I can give you. Um, I know you said receiver, but I'm going to maybe go with a tight end and say Tony Gonzalez. Uh, no, although no. he did play basketball. I yeah. didn't see that while researching. This guy is the only player in NFL history to score a touchdown against all 32 NFL teams. Whoa. He's actually scored two or more touchdowns against all 32 NFL wow, teams. Wow, that's amazing. Um, I'm honestly drawing a blank here. I don't know who it is. It is Terrell Owens. Oh, T-O. dang. He's got third ah. in all these records and also Chattanooga huh. in the NCAA tournament. Crazy. Man. Boy, I got to get on the board here. All right. Well, we'll see what these next ones are. Uh, this football player won Coach of the Year in 1969 while coaching the Vikings. But before that, he played basketball for the Golden Gophers and the Minneapolis Lakers. Is it Bud Grant? It is Bud Grant. All right. There we go. There we on go. the board. There we go. Give the me a legend. There. The legend. This NBA executive won an NBA championship as a player, five NBA championships as a coach, one championship as an assistant coach, and three championships as an executive. He was also drafted by the Dallas Cowboys in the 1967 NBA NFL Draft. Is this Phil Jackson? Uh, nope. No. Uh, but both were associated with the Lakers. Um, both won. Co- uh, both were coaches of the Lakers for championship. Who was Magic's coach. coach? I don't know who Magic's coach it was. It was Pat Riley. Oh, God. It's a lot of reins. Yeah, that's how he recruited LeBron is he just took out all the rings in a bag and like put them yeah. on the table and was like, look at all these rings. I'm sure all your listeners are laughing at me right now for that one. That was that's a bad well, one. Well, we, we we've kind of sped up the show to make sure we don't run over time, so I know you feel the pressure of time as well. Yeah, I think thanks. given enough time, you would have figured that one out. Thanks for the excuse. Josie just kicked over the trash can. Yeah, that was that sound. <laughs> all right, here we go. This He's 2000... Two more questions. This 2001 NBA MVP started as quarterback for his high school football team while also playing running back, kick returner, and defensive back. He was the Associated Press High School Player of the Year for both football and basketball. Uh, what year? And uh, This was, I don't know what year he wanted into high school, but he was the 2001 NBA MVP. 2001. He played like every position. That's one. Ellen Iverson? That's correct. Yes. I was about to say, if you don't know the question, this guy's the answer. Ah. Alan Iverson. I love the idea of him playing quarterback, running back, kick returner, and defensive back. Yeah, just back. Put, put him wherever you want. Doing wanted. it all. All right, our final question. I hope you get this one. Before this pro football Hall of Famer had his number retired by the Vikings, he played football and basketball for Ohio State University. Um, that would be, first off, the Ohio State University. I'm not yeah. saying that. I'm a Northwestern <laughs> yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Screw that. Fair enough. Uh, that's got to be CC, Chris Carter. All he does is catch touchdowns, baby. That's correct. Basketball and football star, Chris yeah. Carter. All right, you ended up doing pretty good there. Nice. You got you got three of the six. So. Okay. I was I thought you might have a Randy Moss one or a Julius Peppers one. Um, there's a lot of crossover. Yeah, there's, it's true. It's a rich field to draw questions sure, from. Sure. So. All right, well, that does it for us this week. Thanks for sticking around for a few extra minutes, everybody. Last week's show was a little bit light. I mean, it was a little short. You should go check it out, Wives of Wolves cast. Very fun, well-reviewed episode, but it's only like 45 minutes. This one, you get a little extra time. Mm. We're making up for it. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate you listening to us uh, when, you know, it's a it's been a tough couple weeks for Timberwolves fans. And maybe right now you don't want to think about the Timberwolves in your free time. So I appreciate you tuning in to listen to us all the same. Hopefully we gave you some fun things to think about that about basketball that aren't necessarily related to the current struggles. Yeah. And the losing streak that we're experiencing. Yeah, hopefully we brought you a little bit of joy in these otherwise dark times. Exactly. Well, we've talked about Kings of the North. Is there anything else, Jared, that you'd like to promote while you're here? Uh, I mean, I guess that's the big one. It's uh, the NFC North podcast with attitude um and even if you're not a huge nfl fan it's less about football and more about guys who like football uh and obviously you're going to be an xfl fan and uh i feel like us releasing a podcast about the xfl the very first week makes us like the foremost maybe the most famous xfl podcast of all time get Uh, on the ground floor so so you might as well get on the ground floor right now and start listening uh it's it's kind of our super bowl so thanks for joining us yeah it's not if you said if you're not even if you're not a fan of the nfl i actively hate the nfl like i've got the opposite i'm not just not a fan i'm a detractor sure i hate it but i listen every week and it's always funny Uh, it's one of the few podcasts i listen to that makes me laugh out loud while i'm listening to it so everybody if you haven't yet check out kings of the north you'll get to listen to more jared and a friend of the show robert as well that's right uh jared thanks for hosting and thanks for you know you've probably heard of jared even if this is the first time hearing his voice he's written lots of questions for us in the past and stuff like that for mailbag so yeah. now we finally have a voice to pair with that's yeah, nice i'm a longtime listener first time co-host so all right yeah, well, feeling great thanks we, for having me that's we appreciate dream. it neil will be back next week everybody 
Tell your friends about the show. It's the best way. Uh, you know, I don't listen to any recommendations unless a friend tells me about it. So recommend us to your friends. Send us around. Uh, follow us at Wolfscast on Instagram at WolfscastPod. And uh, check us out on Canis Hoopus. They have a lot of great stuff every single week. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you back with Neil next week. What do you think of that new word I just accidentally coined? Shart. Should we go with that for a shot chart? It's a shart. has been used. Shart's been used? <laughs> we'll, just leave, we'll, just, we'll just leave it at that, Vince. Okay. I'm, I'm in the dark on that one. So for everybody out there who's uh, not. Oh, yeah. You're going to be getting a lot of action on uh, Twitter. Okay. On that 